0: This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. The talk or the data I want to share today about the aging of the immune system in space. Um, it's not only to understand what happens to the immune system or to the health of astronauts in space. If we think about space travel or mass expedition in the future, it's really also about learning about mechanisms, diseases, which we then can transfer um, to help patients on Earth. And you see that in my talk that um, the Earth based research is really important for us to really find new mechanisms, identify them, and find cures. The background to my talk today is um, that we have um, an aged immune system that can cause um, issues in in certain patients. And when I'm talking about an aged immune system, I don't necessarily mean a patient that is 80 years old. An aged immune system is more an immune system that had consistently fight um, against antigens or against a latent virus infection. One very prominent example is CMV infections. That virus stays in our body for our whole life and is basically a stimulus to the immune system, which is continuously there. And is really exhausting that immune system and causes aging of that immune system. And that can really occur in, in younger patients as well, like 30, 40 years old. It doesn't have to be in an age year old patient. And what you see on that picture here is the immune system that is young on the left side has usually a lot of naive T cells and some memory T cells. So when we get an infection, the T cells remember that antigen can fight that infection better. But on the right side, you see an aged immune system. And that immune system looks different. Um, we have identified aged T cells, immune cells. We call them the TEMRA cells. And the MO stands for effector memory RA positive. T cells, and those tamar cells are really more harmful than beneficial for our health. And the reason is that those Tamra cells are really old and um, they're in a state of senescent. They can't really fight um, against infections anymore, but they release a lot of cytokines and they cause changes in the microenvironment in our body that affect actually the health of of our patients. And you see here one example um, from a collaborator from Berlin, how these Tamra cells affect, for example, bone healing. Um, This is an image of a bone of a mouse on the left side in a CT, so tomography. On the right side, you see the bone density. And usually mice, which don't have those Tumor cells, they can um, heal those bone fractures within 21 days. But on the right side, you see if we now transfer Tumor cells in an adoptive transfer model to the mice, and the mice have now a lot of those senescent aged T cells, you see that the bone is not healing. It is completely um, broken still. There is no healing. um, Our collaborator also showed that in patients. And the conclusion is that those Temura cells, they are part of the immune system, but they are actually having access to all of our body niches. So they can affect our stem cell niches, the niches in our body we need to repair ourselves when we do have a broken bone, for example. Our research is also very interested in the cardiovascular field, so you will also see data not only on bone repairing um, cells, but we are also focused on vascular repairing cells and how they might be affected um, when the patients have those old TEMRA cells. And you might wonder, um, what does TEMRA cells and aging of the immune system, how does it correlate with, with space studies? Why are we even... I'm going to the International Space Station and um, uh, run our experiments there. And the reason is that microgravity is a really great model to mimic the biological processes that occur during aging in humans that has been shown in mice as well, in fruit flies. So there are indications that simulated microgravity and also microgravity on the ISS can imitate the aging process itself. So it's a wonderful model for us to use to understand the aging of the immune system system. What was also reported is that in mice that were on the ISS for a certain amount of time, that a cytokine interferon gamma was significantly upregulated. And interferon gamma indeed is the main cytokine that is released by Tamra cells. So when we have seen those data a few years back, um, we thought probably there is a correlation between um, microgravity in the aging of the immune system. And we started uh, the research in our lab at UCSF. We use tissue chips um, to imitate the in vivo environment. And we use those chips to build the stem cell niche and the immune system and that they can communicate with each other. You see one picture on the left about the tissue chip, um, how we organized it. On the right side, you see um, those chips and simulated microgravity and we can study that by putting those chips into the random positioning machine. So those chips are basically in, we call it simulated microgravity. It has some uh, disadvantages, it's not the perfect model, but it's a great model to study um, as a first study to study, um, to have some ideas about microgravity. So what you see here are immune cells on the left side, immune cells or T cells in simulated microgravity. on the right side in the count control. So that is the normal earth condition. And both pictures show you a similar distribution and it looks quite similar. However, 72 hours after the chips were placed into simulated microgravity on the left, you see that the picture looks completely different to what happens with quant control samples. But the reason is not that the simulated microgravity T-cells are dying. You see here the analysis for how many cells were alive. And you see the blue graph for the normal crowd control and the red for the simulated microgravity, they are at a similar level. So the cells here um, in simulated microgravity were not dead, but they looked quite different. So when we looked deeper into that, we wanted to identify how many aged T cells do we have in that population in the simulated microgravity, and we were shocked uh, by the data. You see here flow analysis in red. These are the T cells that express the markers for TAMRA cells, so for that aged senescent T cells. And you see um, we have around 60% of our um, complete immune cells, they are TAMRA cells, they are aged. The same samples in blue were the samples in ground control, and that's a normal picture. They should be below 20% of our body. Usually, we shouldn't have a lot of those tamra cells. So these data were shocking because that can occur within 72 hours, meaning that um, the blue population, which is quite a young T-cell population, and we're looking at data from three different healthy volunteers, within 72 hours in simulated microgravity, the T-cell population can shift to the tamra female. Phen- So the idea was now we have basically confirmed that simulated microgravity induces the aging of T-cells or immune cells to this Tamora phenotype. The question was, does that affect now the stem cell niche, which we need in our body to repair um, little injuries? And we had two different groups. Group one, we plated the T-cells, the immune cells, together on the chips with endothelial progenitor cells. These stem cells are very important to repair little vascular injuries we have, and they are also important for neovascularization. In the group two, we were more interested in the bone or wound healing. So here we plated the immune cells together with MSCs, MSCs are mesenchymal stroma cells, and they are relevant for bone repair, cartilage uh, repair, or the wound healing. So those were the two groups I want to show you the data today. And this is a movie for the endothelial progenitors first. What you see on the left side, uh, there is the video after 70 hours, 72 hours in microgravity. So you have seen that we have a lot of TEMRA cells in that population. And when we have those TEMRA cells together with the endothelial progenitor cells, you see on the left side, not much is happening. You see some clusters clumping. On the right side, you see the picture how it should look like. Usually those endothelial progenitor cells should form those little vascular structures. You see that as network in that video. So what happened is on the left side, we have that increased tumor population, which is now instead of 20%, 60%. And that really inhibited the formation of these premature vascular structures in vitro in our culture dish. And again, we analyzed the viability of the stem cells. You see that on the left, you see the red and the blue there at the same height. So it's not that the stem cells were dead. They were alive. They were just not functional as stem cells anymore because the Tamwa cells affected their behavior. And when we measured the function, either by analyzing the tubes of that network or how many nodes they formed, you see that the red is below the blue. So. You can see on, based on these data that the endothelial progenitor cells, the behavior is really impacted by an increased TEMRA cell or by an old immune cell. We look now into the mesenchymal stroma cells because they are important for bone repair or wound healing when astronauts hurt themselves in space, for example. And here again on the left side, you see the simulated microgravity data. So here you see the stem cells together with those old TEMRA cells. And on the right side, you see uh, under normal conditions on earth what happens. So the stem cells with the normal young T cell generation. And the picture is really different. On the right side, you see that um, the stem cells were migrating into that scratch we had formed and really covering or repairing the scratch in the dish. On the left side, you see the this- is still visible. So those MSCs or mesenchymal tumor cells were impaired in their function to migrate into that scratch and heal the wound in vitro. Again, the viability of the MSCs was normal. You see that on the left side, the red and the blue are at the same height. So it, the stem cells themselves, they were alive, but they didn't function as well as under normal earth conditions And you see that on the right side, labeled with function. There are different ways you can analyze it. We looked for how much percent of the wound is healed. And then we counted the cells that migrated into that wound. And in both cases, you see the red graph is lower than the blue. What is important here to mention is that it's not that the MSCs can't repair that wound at all. It's just much slower. So that is maybe something we have to keep in mind when we think about space surgery. So the wound healing is impaired and might happen much slower than we are used to on Earth. So we learned from those early data that microgravity indeed mimics the T-cell aging and induces the differentiation into that TEMRA phenotype, into that old T-cell phenotype. And we have also seen in our lab um, the simulated microgravity that increased TEMRA cells impact the stem cell behavior. So the MSCs and the EPCs, the proliferation migration capacity was inhibited. In the second part of that grant, we then sent those tissue chips to the International Space Station. And our launch was on SpaceX 16. Um, Here you see the sable, um, that is the incubator, which um, I marked with a red um, wound structure. And Alex Gerst was the one here on the picture in front of uh, the incubator where our chips were placed. And those chips uh, spent approximately 28 days on the International Space Station. And they were frozen on the ISS and then returned to us to the lab and we wanted to do RNA sequencing to understand the pathways and mechanisms, um, how the T cells are aging and how that affects the stem cell behavior. So before I show you the data on that, I wanted to show you an example how different you have to think about experiments on the ISS compared to experiments we would run on Earth in a lab. And I call it the tour example. What you see on the left is usually when we organize our tour um, usually you have one drawer for all the socks, one for all the shirts, one for all your PJs and so on. However, if you imagine on the ISS and you would open the drawer, for example, with the socks because you would need one pair of socks, all the socks would f- um, fly and float away. So on the ISS, you have to think differently about your experiment and that's what you see on the right side you are more thinking about you have one tour where you put everything you need for that single step. So you would put one pair of socks, one shirt and one PJ in one tour, and you would put into the next one again, one pair of socks, one shirt and one PJ. So when we designed those um, studies, we had actually a lot of fun. And um, this picture is together with Millie, who was a co-investigator on that grant. And we were really thinking how to design an experiment, how does it have to be different on the ice as compared to how we would design it on Earth. And I show you one trouble we we had with those experiments. Usually when we think about RNA sequencing, we would take the chips, you would get out the cells, and then you use, we call it RNA later, that's a fixative that basically conserves your RNA and makes it stable. And then you can store that basically forever at the minus 80. And when you then measure the RNA quality, you always get very nice, high quality samples. And um, this picture here is from a bioanalyzer experiment. What you should see is those two peaks. We label them with 18S and 28. S, so you need those two peaks. When the machine is calculating the quality, it gives you a number. We call it the win number. It's the RNA integrity number. You see that it's a 10 in that experiment, and that's the best you can get. So we really want to see 10 or 9. And you see on the right side, when we look at the plot, you should see those two black lines distinguished from each other. That's how it looks um, and what you are aiming for for RNA-seq. But when we are thinking about the experiment on the ISS, it was not possible um, that we asked the astronauts to get out the cells and fix them tube by tube and then store them at minus 80. Um, because that is very time um, time intensive and really the, the most value is the astronaut time. So we couldn't add Um, our normal protocol to those chips. So um, what you end up then, if you put those tissue chips into minus 80 without preserving the RNA is that the quality is just not usable. You see here the two peaks, they're basically disappearing in that background noise. You see the wind value is 3.4, so you couldn't do any analysis with it. And you see the black lines, they look blurry and gray. On the right side, you see um, we then identified a new way how to store RNA that the astronaut really just takes the chip and puts it into the minus 80, and we take care of the RNA later when they are back um, on Earth. And you see um, it took us six months to establish that protocol, but you see we were able to identify one that gives us high numbers of WIN 9.7 and beautiful two peaks. So I thought that was worth um, sharing with you. Um, about how to design that experiment. And here is just one example from the data we have seen. Those are the ppMCs we had sent to space, uh, to space. And in G, that shows you the ground control. So the T cells um, in ground control on Earth. And in F, those are the flight samples. And you see that those pathways in the T cells on the ISS, they all go up. And all those pathways are associated with senescence and um, aged T cells, which you find in persistent infections in cancer and in aging. So we confirmed um, on that ISS experiment that the T cells are indeed aging in microgravity. And when we put them together with the stem cells on the ISS, you see, um, here's one example for one gene called CA9. You see that gene for PBMCs is completely irrelevant. You see the G and the F, it's at the same height. On the right side, you see in MSCs for the stem cells, it's quite interesting in flight, it gets upregulated. So stem cells in flight are upregulated and can better heal wounds. But if they are now together with the T cells, which are aged, you see in the middle that nothing is moving. The MSCs, the stem cells, are not behaving anymore. And that wound healing capacity is completely lost. We have seen that for many other genes. I just wanted to share today one example with you. We will have an upcoming flight in August uh, this year with the SpaceX 20 Three mission, and um, where we now want to study if all those observations on the ISS are reversible. And that is really the beauty of the ISS. We can send up the chips on the ISS. We know that the T cells are aging. They will impact the stem cells. And we want the chips back on earth with the cells alive. And then we keep them in our lab alive. And we want to study if all the changes I showed you maybe can be reversed. And that would be very interesting for us to understand because now we can think about having patients with an aged immune system, and we could actually reverse that aging and help those patients rather than just thinking about how can we prevent it. So we are very excited um, about that unique um, opportunity we have because of the ISS. And I want to thank, of course, everyone who contributed. Shomeng I want to highlight because she did all the work And you see here, um, this is a lab uh, when we usually visited Millie. So we were in Panasso St. Millie at the VA. And I just want to show you the same picture, the same day, the same group of people after we left Millie. Look how energized everyone is. And that is the typical Millie. Whenever we went there, um, everyone left energized, happy, motivated. And usually I would say, to the lab, I go to Millie and um, look how many people usually joined me. So I hardly had a a alone meeting with Millie because um, she was so infectious. Everyone was always excited um, to meet her. This is some picture. When Millie visited us um, at the startup company, Eleanor I mentioned the name is Sana Biotechnology here in South San Francisco. And this is a typical mini picture because she saw that equipment and she asked Kathy, our micro surgeon, how does that work? And instead of just having it explained, she reached out and she gave her hand and she said, show me. And that is typical um, a Millie story and um, another nice story I wanted to share is um, here's Millie with a designer Susan on the left side and we had designed mascots for our lab um, at UCSF a boy and a girl and we had named the girl on the white right in the blue suit uh, Millie that was our Millie mouse and uh, finally um, I want to to finish with those private pictures because uh, Millie was an incredible mentor, uh, but also a really dear friend. And this is my little son um, before the pandemic, the year before the pandemic. And um, he wanted to meet with her. He had he insisted on wearing his astronaut costume and he wants to become um, an astronaut because of Millie. So um, thank you again for this awesome opportunity that um, I could share the data today. I'm really humbled and honored. Thank you.